This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. This week, our podcast is brought to you by Hubble, spelt H-U-B-B-L. It fuses streaming and free-to-air TV into a single experience, which means you don't have to go in and out of apps to discover content you'll love. Hubble, it's TV and streaming made easy. Good morning, I'm Siobhan Moran-McFarlane. And I'm Claire Kimball. It's Wednesday the 19th of October. In your squiz today, diamonds clash with the miners, Australia changes tack in Israel, the Booker Prize winner is announced, and Eurovision is down two entrants. This is your squiz today. Claire, just hours after Pat Cummins was announced as Australia's next captain for one-day international cricket yesterday, he had to deny reports he'd pressured Cricket Australia to cancel their $40 million backing from power company Alinta Energy after it was announced the company would not extend the major deal. So the issue of sports washing is becoming a big deal in international sport. Uh, That's when a controversial company uses sports sponsorships to improve its reputation. And on this occasion, it has to do with a power company and their coal-fired plants. Now, Cummins is seen as a bit of a bright light after he took on the captaincy of Australia's test side after Tim Payne's abrupt departure late last year. Uh, Cummins is also interested in climate issues. And on this, he spoke to officials uh, about the need to get aligned with what they say are the right organisations. And he's decided not to appear in any of Alinta's ads associated with cricket this summer. Uh, But there were denials all round that it led to Alinta deciding not to renew its sponsorship deal, which runs out in June next year. Yes, and Claire, cricket isn't the only sport talking about these issues this week. There's also been a lot of focus on Hancock Prospecting's sponsorship of netball. Yeah, so our national team are the Diamonds and there's an issue with some players refusing to wear the new uniform uh, with the Hancock Prospecting mining logo on it. Some players have concerns about the company's record on Indigenous and environmental issues and that's a big issue because the team and the sport desperately need the cash uh, given their $7 million of debt. Uh, And rich lister Gina Reinhart, who's behind Hancock Prospecting, uh, she was looking to inject $15 million over four years into the sport, and that would certainly help their financial woes. Diamonds captain Liz Watson yesterday tried to play down the ongoing issue. She says she hopes it will be sorted out soon and we'll see how things are going on that front tonight when the Diamonds take on the Kiwi Silver Ferns in the third game of the Constellation Cup. It's a must win for the Aussies after losing the first two games last week. Yesterday, Claire, we spoke about the drone attacks on the Ukrainian capital, Kyiv, and now the US has joined France and the UK in calling out Iran for providing the so-called kamikaze weapons that Russia used in the attacks, saying that it breaches United Nations sanctions. The issue is that if Iran did supply the weapons, which it denies, uh, it would have breached a rule that's linked to its nuclear agreement with the United Nations. So uh, 
these unmanned drones that we use this week are thought to be Iranian-made and they're relatively cheap to buy too, about $30,000 a piece, which is a lot less than full-scale missiles, but they do still inflict a lot of damage. The US says it is gathering evidence of use of those drones and that it will go harder on sanctions if necessary. Claire, also making international news is Foreign Minister Penny Wong, who has confirmed the federal government has reversed the previous government's decision to recognise West Jerusalem as the capital of Israel and says that Australia's embassy will remain in Tel Aviv. So a little history lesson. Uh, In 2018, then Prime Minister Scott Morrison followed former US President Donald Trump's lead to overturn established policy at that time and recognise West Jerusalem uh, as the capital of Israel. It's controversial because the status of Jerusalem, uh, who has claim on what parts, uh, remains a very key sticking point uh, in the ongoing conflict between Israel and Palestine. Yes, Israel really wants nations like the US and Australia to commit to recognising West Jerusalem as the capital. And Israel's Prime Minister was very disappointed with the announcement from Australia. But Penny Wong says her government is committed to a two-state solution and that the status of Jerusalem should be resolved as part of peace negotiations. And this is the quote, in which Israel and a future Palestinian state coexist. We talk a lot about cybercrime and hacking because almost every day there seems to be some breaking news about another big data breach. But NordVPN can help protect you online, kind of like a cyber bodyguard. It protects your personal and sensitive data while you're online to stop it from falling into the wrong hands. That way, you don't have to worry about keeping your identity and private data safe every time you log on. And even if you make a mistake and click on a dodgy link or open a suspicious email, NordVPN's threat protection will kick in and delete it before it makes a mess of your computer. To find out more and get a great discount, visit nordvpn.com forward slash squiz today. On Monday, Claire, we mentioned that the Booker Prize was about to be announced, and now we know that Sri Lankan author Shian Karuna Tilaka has won for his second novel called The Seven Moons of Mali Almeida. Well done for pronouncing all of that. (laughs) And look, I don't know about a supernatural satire, which is what this book is said to be, but the judges certainly seem to love it. Uh, What it's about is a man who wakes up dead uh, and he has a week or seven moons uh, to lead his living loved ones uh, to a hidden collection of photos that will expose uh, the war's atrocities in Sri Lanka. So it's set in that time. Uh, The judges say that it's an ambitious book, but it's also hilarious apparently. Yes, and while many avid readers were pleased with the result, it was certainly noticed here in Australia that it marks the sixth year in a row in which no Aussies were even nominated. And as the Booker Prize was originally for authors from the Commonwealth, it's certainly gone a long way from that these days. As the flood crisis continues, Claire, there's been a more light-hearted update from the Bureau of Meteorology, which is now insisting that the media stop referring to it as the bomb. 
No more the bomb for media. I really feel for Larissa this morning. She loved talking about the bomb, <laughs> uh, but no more. Uh, what they have requested is that its full name be used in any reporting and then followed by the Bureau. Uh, and what the Bureau says is that that's important because it wants its updates, uh, particularly in the news, to be understood and acted upon by the public. Uh, so giving it a more sort of formal name rather than the bomb, uh, they say means that it'll be taken a bit more seriously in the reporting. And that's important, particularly with the rise of extreme weather events. But everyone knows that shortening your name is a sign of affection. And I mean, the bomb makes it sound great. <laughs> Plus, us Aussies love an acronym, so I'm not sure they're going to win that war, to be honest. No, I'm with you on that. Claire, I imagine now that you're a huge Eurovision fan, but I'm sorry to tell you that next year's competition looks set to go ahead without two countries who say the costs of attending have just become prohibitive. Yeah, I don't mind a bit of Eurovision. I'm certainly not getting up early or staying up late for it, but I do like going through the songs. We won't get songs this year, though, from Montenegro or from North Macedonia. Uh, they've canned their entries due to the cost, and that's with Russia's ban. The entrants who are going do need to pay more for it to be staged. So those two countries have said no. There's also a lot of reports that accommodation in Liverpool, where the next competition will be held, has either already sold out or is going for a bomb. So if you're keen to fly over and support your favourite country, you might want to get a shift on making your travel arrangements sooner rather than later. Squiz the day, Claire, and obviously we'll be watching the netball tonight, not least to see if they wear the Hancock logo. <laughs> and what better way to do it than with a nice drink in hand? Yeah, it's International Gin and Tonic Day. Uh, I think it's kind of apt that that also coincides with Evaluate Your Life Day. So <laughs> maybe do those two things uh, in a coinciding kind of fashion. Yes, and it's also a lovely fitting tribute to the late Queen who was said to enjoy a gin and tonic every day. So I think it's what she would have wanted. Oh, well, that's a great excuse to do it. I think we're right on board with that. That's it from us today. Have a great day and we'll be back tomorrow. Hi there, it's Bryce from Squiz Kids, the daily news podcast for small people. March is Women's History Month and we're celebrating over on our socials. Every weekday this month, we're throwing the spotlight on a different iconic woman from Australia's rich history. Follow us on Instagram via the handle at Squiz Kids to learn the backstories of some incredible Aussie women and together honour their legacies. <laughs>